leave your old patterns and conceptions at the doorstep every day. That's not easy, but like that's a personal goal, right? So like you need to be willing to let go of the person you you used to be and the attachments that you used to have and the um the selfish desires you used to have and the fears you used to have. Like you've got to be willing to go on that journey and into uncertainty to change. You need to let go of the small known in exchange for the greater unknown and let yourself kind of be baptized in that fire of change. I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week, In this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others, to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. Come on a spiritual journey with James McRae and me. James is an author, poet, meme artist, and creator of the IG page Words Are Vibrations where you can go for a shift in consciousness as his beautiful words and art will help take you on a journey of enlightened thoughts and perspectives. During the episode, he talks about his continuous path of spirituality and how he started on it. We talked about technology versus spirituality and how it's really end, not or, and the balance between them. And we go into one of my favorite topics, New Earth versus Old World, and how New Earth is already here if you want it. My man, James, thank you so much for taking the time to be here so we could chat, spread some love and spread some awareness. Welcome to the podcast. Justin, thanks for having me. The pleasure is all mine. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I just can't wait, man, to, to learn a little bit from you, um, just to ask some questions that you know i have certain thoughts on but i feel like you'll help in clarifying those thoughts just even a little bit more um everybody we're going to talk about this towards the end but words are vibrations is james instagram check that out uh some really really powerful very forward thinking 
uh, ideas and concepts are coming out of that page. James, man, how did you get on this path? Has it been your entire life? Did it, you know, is there like, it's not to say that there was like a moment, but what really got you on this path of spirituality? Hmm. You know, we're all born at the beginning of some path, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we all, we all have similar paths, but we all take very different routes, you know? So, you know, to me, I have just always, I mean, I'm still on a journey, you know, like we're, we're still on a journey, like wherever I am, wherever I am now is not so different from where I was as a kid or in high school. Right. Cause we're still just passing through wherever we are. So I yeah. still don't know where I, where my journey is taking me. You know what I mean? It's yeah. always just <laughs> unfolding and becoming, you know, but spirituality specifically is something that I was introduced to at a very young age because well, I grew up in a small town in Minnesota and, you know, Christianity was the only game in town, Yeah, yeah. which is cool. You know, um, I don't identify with any particular religion at this point in my life, but I do think it was useful to grow up exposed to spiritual ideas. And luckily, because, you know, Christianity is a lot of things. There are a lot of versions, a lot of variations, a lot of interpretations, right? That are very different from each other. Some are very yeah. strict and repressive and, you know, lots of rules, lots of um, sins to be afraid of. And it can be mm -hmm. a very kind of fear-based religion. And I'm sure I was exposed to some of that, you know, just by nature of the contemporary interpretations, but I'm lucky in that my parents and the church that I went to were pretty loose and liberal with the, with the doctrine. Like it was almost like a hippie church, you know, people were like dancing in the aisles during church. People were like, it was, it was like, it was like pretty kind of loose and, 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 you know, heartfelt. So I was exposed to that at an early age, which I think was useful. And what's useful about it is that I always, my entire life, since I was little, since I can remember, I always felt like I had a personal relationship with the creator, with God. Like prayer to me was like a phone I could just pick up and God was like just on the other end hanging out. And I mm -hmm. had that personal direct line to him, her, it, whatever you want to call it. Right. Which is pretty cool. So that gave me a lot of just kind of spiritual confidence. I, I would say. And then at, at a certain point when I was a teenager, I was kind of like, well, all right. I, 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 I believe in the idea of a, of, of a creator, of a God, of a, you know, a conscious purposeful universe, but I don't think that this church and this religion is really the um where that so-called god lives like he's not confined to the four walls of this church 
Mm. So instead of like throwing out the baby with the bathwater and like becoming like an atheist, like a lot of people do, I just like, I, I retained that idea of there being a higher consciousness that we're all connected to, but I kind of disregarded all of the, you know, just religious, religious aspects that no longer, um, you know, appealed to me. So, and then I, I, I kind of stumbled, stumbled across Buddhism, which was a big eye opener for me. And, um, when I started doing Kundalini yoga and meditation and eventually plant medicine, it all kind of informed my own spiritual perspective. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I don't follow any particular, you know, doctrine of any sort, but I'm partial to, you know, Buddhism and Taoism and those more kind of what I consider to be a little more poetic interpretations of the great mystery than some of the more rule-based fear-based um, methods that people follow. So that, that's, that's my spiritual path in a nutshell. That was great. And uh, where I, where I grew up and was raised um, uh, Catholicism was, you know, a, a huge imprint on, on the town uh, that I grew up in. The elementary Catholic school was right in town. That is where I went to elementary school. Uh, I went to Catholic high school as well. And it was like in high school, I just started to question things like things just didn't align with me, not saying that they're right or wrong. They just didn't fit with what felt right for me. Um, And then probably like my early twenties, I didn't know people were like, Oh, so what do you believe? And I'm like, I don't really know. I'm not saying I'm atheist. I'm not saying I'm not. I just, I just don't know. And then as you know, time went on and it, it kind of felt weird when people would ask me and I wouldn't know really what to say. Um, it, you know, that, that was kind of challenging at the time too. Cause I just, when people would ask me, I had like this feeling of being like lost. Like, why don't I know? Everyone has an answer. Why don't I have an answer? And um, I think that time was like really, really needed. You know what I mean? For me to take a step back and to not be honed in on one religion, but just to allow myself to take things in, let them go out and, without being so structured, thinking I have to hold on to this. I have to believe this thing because this is a part of my religion. So I think that time was actually really nice. You know, it was kind of scary and, and weird, like I said, but um, it was nice to, to have that time. And then uh, as time went on, meditation and, and yoga uh, came into my life. Um, certain books uh, came in that really, really resonated with me. And it's interesting. It's like when you hear certain things, right? And you just you know, to your core, it's like a universal truth. It just connects and aligns with you in a way that nothing else has ever aligned with you before. And I started getting that feeling in terms of like spirituality um, and some of the beliefs within that realm. And it was like the things that kind of pulled me away from the Catholic church were the fear-based you're going to go to hell sort of mentality. And I just, that didn't feel right for for me personally. Um, So it's been an interesting journey. I mentioned this to to you before we hopped on, my brother was like a huge advocate uh, in just showing me another way of thinking uh, and showing me that it was okay to step off the path that I thought I was supposed to be on and kind of journey into the unknown realm and path. Uh, so he was super helpful with that as well. And James, like you said too, like I'm still just in the journey, still on the path, just like kind of figuring it out, seeing what feels right. It's like the thing I believe right now, I may not believe in a week from now. 
Um, and I think that's important just to keep ourselves always open, right? Not ever being so steadfast on a belief and saying it, it's got to be this way, having thoughts and, and beliefs, but being like, I'm open. You know what I mean? I'm not, things can change. I'm going to be a different person in an hour from now, in a year from now. So just never holding like so strong on anything. Yeah. I, I think everything is mythology, right? Like every religion is a beautiful mythology. It's like, it's mm-hmm. like, a, it's a nice codified system with, you know, characters and like scenes and like, it's, it's a beautiful mythology. Once you, once you, once you take mythology too literally, then you're in trouble, right? That, that's mm-hmm. when you start that, 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 that's where dogma comes from is taking, because the thing about mythology is it's not wrong. It's true. Mythologies are true. They're, they are stories and systems that point to a truth. Mm. And uh, that truth is found in the examination and the interpretation and the just consideration of what these myths represent. And uh, they're not to be held too tightly or literally because that's when it becomes dogma. And when you were saying like, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't know what to call myself. Like, that's the best place to be. Like, it doesn't seem like it at the time, maybe, but it really <laughs> is. Because that's one thing I love about Taoism. Like in the very first page of the Tao Te Ching, it says the Tao that can be named is not the true Tao, mm-hmm. right? Because then what happens is you get hung up on the label, Yes. And you forget the truth behind the label. Cause that that's when you're like, well, I believe in the Tao. Well, I believe in God. Well, I believe in, you know, Jesus, mm-hmm. like you're just arguing over labels, you know, and, 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 and you're, you're, you're looking at the finger pointing to the sky instead of looking at the sky, right? The fingers are supposed to point to the sky. The finger isn't the important part. The sky is the important part, right? So, and that's another reason why I, I'm really um, also partial to a lot of the indigenous American traditions, because I, I come from a part of Minnesota where it is, um, I mean, all of, all of America is historically indigenous land, but my hometown specifically is in um, the Dakota territory. Um, and I grew up right next to a reservation. So I, I, I was exposed to a lot of Native American um, just thinking and culture growing up. And in the Dakota tradition, they just called it the great mystery. And I think that's so beautiful. It's so, it's so humble to acknowledge and worship the great mystery because that's what it is. Like, the arrogance of humans with our own logic and intelligence to think we've cracked the universal code. <laughs> like, I think, I think it's, I think ultimately that, you know, the, the truth of reality is knowable to a degree, but I don't think it's knowable and understandable through the tools of human logic and intelligence. We're just, we're, we're pretty smart, Justin, like us humans, we're pretty smart but we're not that smart when, when we're talking about the laws of the universe, right? We're just not that smart. So I think any 
worthwhile spirituality comes with a healthy dose of humility. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, referring to the idea of God or consciousness or source as the great mystery is just a, a really humble and beautiful way of describing it. It's like acknowledging in that, that we don't know everything and that's okay. Totally. Yeah. We can't, like, we can't, like, yeah. I'm sorry, but like I said, we're, <laughs> we're, we, we're limited. Like my dogs cannot understand when I'm, when I, if my dog sees me typing on my computer, there is nothing that the dog can do to possibly understand what is taking place. It's, it's beyond them just completely. So when we talk about the, the, the birth of the universe and of, out of, 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 consciousness and of people i'm sorry but that's beyond us and mm -hmm. like we can tr we, we can theorize and it's fun to it's fun to guess and to talk about it and to make up stories that's fun but to really think that we have cracked the code of the of the simulation that's a little arrogant i i i believe <laughs> yes <laughs> uh that's great i i mean i totally agree and, I, and there is there has to be, I think there's more humility in ourselves. I've just been like, we don't know. I know like our ego and like, it wants to be like, no, we, we need to figure this out. We need to know well, I'm right. And you're wrong type of idea, but really just being like, this is what I think. That's what you think. We're still trying to figure it out. And, and in reality, we don't know. Let's just like admit yeah. that to each other and like share on that truth. One of my um, favorite visions of like, what a, what a, what a, what a church could, could look like is like, a campfire with let's just say a campfire with all of humanity circling around it. And then one by one, every person just gives their own personal myth or interpretation of what the great mystery is. And mm. we just listen to everyone's interpretation and just say, Hmm. Hmm. And, you know, we all have a place at the table. Yeah. In this vision, is there no judgment, just openness and accepting? Sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we all, I mean, it's like art, you know, like no one, I, I, that's why I love art and literature, right? Because there's no right or wrong art. Like there's like more technically better art, you know, there, there's like some art might appeal to some people rather than others like we all make our we all have our preferences right yeah. but no one can definitively say that this novel is the right one right. right and even if you do you still know it's 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 fiction you know there's room for interpretation there's room for multiple points of view to exist in art at the same time mm. and i think we should make room in our spiritual beliefs for multiple exists multiple beliefs to exist at once and appreciate them like a great novel like yes. oh like oh islam is like what a great what a great piece of work that is you know like the beliefs and the stories and the histories and the laws like what a beautiful vision but it's also not factual in my opinion you know like, like mm -hmm. neither is any belief system so i just think we should appreciate philosophy and religion as art or literature and appreciate them for what they are and take what resonates and leave what doesn't and you know sample different 
belief systems almost the same way that we would read several novels. I, I love that so much. That speaks like so much to, to my soul in terms of just like allowing people to be, allowing them to have their own perspective and their own belief and without telling them or having the idea of judging them or that they're wrong. Because in everyone's perspective, quote unquote, they're like, they're right. Because it's your perspective. It's where you're coming from. And no one else in the world has ever had that exact perspective. I mean, like, how could they? Mm -hmm. uh, so I love that looking at it. Yeah. More of like art or a novel. Yeah. And some people might say, cause I've, I've made, I've said this on, on social media. And then some people, the, 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 the response some people give me is, well, what about, well, what about racism? That's not, that's not a valid belief system. And my response to that is, well, no, you're like that you're right. But my point is that if you do take, if you live in a place where you don't hold on to your beliefs too rigidly and you're open-minded and you're willing to accept other people's beliefs in a world like that, racism is impossible because that person, the, 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 the person that would be racist, they have an open mind. So yes. I'm not saying that you accept beliefs that are judgmental or, you know, exclusive of people. I'm saying that that kind of belief system makes those, yeah. those um, judgmental belief systems impossible. If you're open-minded and you respect other people's beliefs and opinions and, you know, rights to rights to exist, then you, then you accept people of all races, of all, you know, genders, of all sexualities. And um, it's truly inclusive for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's like going to the root of the problem, not just slapping the bandaid on it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And like, that's how we change from the inside out. And I wanted to ask you too, about uh, the new earth because I saw recently a post about that. I listened to Eckhart Tolle's book, The New Earth. And I would, you know, I saw the post, there's some really good things in there, but for people who haven't seen it, can you just give me your overall vision and interpretation, just some parts of it of what you think or what you visualized uh, The New Earth to, to look like? Yeah. Well, let me read it quick so people know what we're yes, talking nice. about. So it's a series of little quips, but it's comparing what I call the old world to the new earth. Mm -hmm. And this is what it says. Old world. We admire the height of their achievements. New earth. We admire the depth of their awareness. Old world. Resources were abused for profit. New earth. Resources are shared and sustained. Old world. We thought and spoke in stubborn absolutes. New earth. We listen and explore with curiosity and wonder. Old world. We contorted ourselves to fit in boxes where we didn't belong. New earth. Our authenticity is our currency. Old world. We reacted defensively to external conditions. New earth, we act and create with purpose and intention. Old world, we felt shame and guilt based on religious programming. New earth, we celebrate the body and all forms of love. Old world, we measured our worth by other people's standards. 
new earth. We accept our quirks and imperfections. Old world, we unconsciously passed our trauma to others. New earth, we consciously help each other heal. So part of my purpose as a writer is to plant seeds into the imagination, the collective imagination, right? And I think um, it's a common belief today that we are living through some type of a historical transition. And you could call that a lot of things, you know, you could call it the apocalypse, you could call it the great awakening, call it the great reset, you can call it the age of Aquarius, Right. There are a lot of, again, interpretations for what this transition is. And there's a nugget of truth in all the interpretations. So I just, I thought a simple way to label it was old world versus new earth. Mm. And I, and I intentionally called it old world and new earth because the old world is based on kind of systems of the mind and control systems and you can call that control system a lot of things you call it the patriarchy you could call it the colonizer mentality you can call it the dominator society you know it, it, there's just kind of it just it, it's one stage in human evolution of our consciousness was to control things and to manipulate things behind the scenes and to follow orders and to follow leaders. This is a world that we're, I believe, evolving out of and we're evolving into the next stage of our evolution. And I call that new earth because it's an earth centric model where you acknowledge the earth as a living mm. being that hosts us here in this three dimensional reality. And we can acknowledge the sacredness of the earth itself and then what does that new earth look like so I, I just tried to imagine like what would be the evolution of these old models of thinking right mm -hmm. and um there are things that i've already seen happen like we're already seeing these changes in like my friends and I'm sure your friends and like, there are, there are definitely, there are people who are already living in new earth. You know, that's all it is. It's a shift in consciousness. It's not, nothing needs to happen except for you need to, to change your heart. Right. Because that's all the world is, is just the collective consciousness of the planet. Mm -hmm. So it's here when we collectively decide it's here. And many people have already decided it's here. Many people are, are already living in new earth. You know, we, that we, people have evolved out of these old models of thinking. And that is not easy, by the way, because the yeah. people I know who are let's, living in new earth, you know, higher consciousness, um, you know, living from the heart, living love centric lives yeah. it, with their, with, with, with great communities and, eating healthy food and doing work, work that they love with purpose. This is all possible, right? But it's not easy because 
the old you has to die. Yeah. Like the people I know who are really thriving right now, who are truly like loving their lives, they had to die some painful deaths either in the past year or in the past few years. So I think a lot of people are going through some turbulent times and that's necessary because you, you kind of need to, 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 to evolve out of, you need to go into that cocoon and essentially die to your old way of thinking and living. And then you can emerge, you know, born again and plenty of people have already done it. And I think now what we're seeing is a bit of a global initiation into new earth, which is why the world is changing faster than ever. And the old systems are breaking down faster than ever. And it's never been more apparent and it's painful. Again, it's painful. It sucks. People are, people are having a really hard time right now all around the world. And that's part of a transition. And I think that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that that light is new earth consciousness. And whether it's one year, five years, 10 years, even a hundred years, because a hundred years in the grand scheme of earth is a blip on the radar. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, but things are accelerating faster and faster. And, um, it's going to require us all to, to step up to the change and be, be willing to change and be willing to evolve ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's not a comfortable process, but on the other end of that portal, it's just a beautiful place to be. Yes. And so, and, um, that was beautiful. And, um, Eckhart talks about this and you kind of said it before a little bit too, where you're like, it's, it's happening now. It's like, it's, us changing ourselves right now to a more loving consciousness. And um, he talks about it. It's like, it's not anything to like strive for the future. Like, I can't wait till we get there then. Like, that's going to be so great. It's now, right? It's being in the present and creating it in this moment. The only thing that exists is the present moment. So I'm not hoping and wishing that it's going to happen, you know, whenever, just doing our part in creating it in this moment right now. It's all we have. It's, yeah. it's all, it's, it's all, it's all now it's either now or never. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. James, I want to ask you, man, um, for, you know, and I have these thoughts sometimes too. Um, what, what can you say for people to help them that, you know, maybe catch themselves kind of caught in the repetitive thought of things are worse now than ever. Like things are so terrible. We're so torn apart. There's there's so much separation amongst us. There's war. There's, there's all of these really terrible things that are happening right now. How can we be coming in, into a new earth? How can you keep a positive mindset with all the things that are, are going on in the world right now? Mm -hmm. Well, a few things come to mind. One is uh, there is always good and the bad in the world. And the we experience the version of reality that we give our awareness to, mm. right? So there's always good and bad. And I, I don't think that ever changes, by the way. I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not hundred percent convinced that new earth means a utopia, you know, there could be, um, you know, who knows what's in store. It's really, it, it's, it's, um, I think of it almost like, like as a, a new level of a video game yeah. where like, okay, you, you, you advance to the next level. 
and you're going to unlock some new superpowers in the next level, but you're also going to meet the new bad guys, mm, yeah. <laughs> right? There's going to be a new, a new monster to fight in the next level. Right. So I think the monsters continue. <laughs> well, isn't that contrast even needed to take us then to the next level? And then I the think next so. level, right? I mean, I think so. Just be, you know, I, I, there, are, there are utopiasts out there who believe that, oh, you know, the, the earth is being cleansed and God, I hope so. God, I hope so. I really hope that's true. I'm just not convinced of that because, you know, we live in this, in this three-dimensional realm where good and evil are the dark and light polarity that sustain the third dimension. Mm. So, and, and this is always been the case and you can't look at a piece of human history that was all good or all bad it's always been a mixed bag so i just wouldn't personally bet on the utopia outcome because it's just not in my opinion a good bet although i am rooting for it right but that's why i'm also don't believe in a dystopia because i think that we've always had good and bad and things are accelerating faster than ever so the good is more good and the bad is more bad and it's yeah. more it's more obvious than ever and the other thing i would say is it looks really bad right now right you said that some people think it looks worse than ever and i would say that's because all the darkness is coming to the, to the light yes yes you know we live in whether it's based on just the access of social media and the internet or ability to spread information i think the internet is is a indication of this next level of consciousness because like that enable it's it, it that enables us to see beyond what's in front of us and we can it's it's almost like i think the internet is a part of our telepathic evolution do you know what i mean yes i do because you can you can share thoughts around yep. the world with people instantaneously and i think that's part of our evolution as as in our, in our consciousness to be able to do that. Yes. So I think that the darkness is being exposed. Like we, you, if you lift up a rock and you see all the bugs and worms scattering, you could say, Oh, there's more bugs and worms than ever before. Like the world's getting worse. Well, no, you just lifted up the rock. So now you can see them, but now you can do something about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you can pick them up and get rid of them or, you know, whatever you want to do. So you need, this is how, you know, this is what purging is, you know, it's like when you throw up, when you throw up in an ayahuasca ceremony, that doesn't mean you're sick. It means you're getting rid of the sickness that was already inside of you. Yeah. So that's what I would say is that things are coming to light. And when we see things for what they are, then you can make a choice about, about them. I, I feel, yeah, I feel the exact same way. Cause I'll have that thought sometimes too. I'm like, Oh my God, things are like, things are so bad, but it's because things are coming to a head. We're understanding more now about the structure of our school system and the healthcare industry. Like those things, we have to be aware of those things first, before we can make any sort of a change or impact on them. And it's, those are just coming up. So we're like, okay, this seems really bad, but we have to know about that. So 
And I love contrast, man, because we have to see those things to know what we don't want to give us a great understanding of what we do want. So, and I feel like everything is just needed, right? I'm not like, things aren't going so terribly. This is needed in order for us to take that next evolutionary step. Mm -hmm. um, and an interesting thought too about the, I love the internet thing too, because I do feel like that is, the internet is just, is knowledge um, in my mind. It, it, it gives us the ability to share insane amounts of knowledge and it allows awareness to be brought to really important things that could never have been brought to before without this plethora of information and access to each other instantly. I've also had the thought too, though, because I, I, I get what you mean with like the telepathic and I'm like, yes. And then I also go back to being like, well, is that actually removing or hurting our actual telepathic ability? Are we relying on that now? And that's going to make us move away from our innate ability to do that on our own. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I get that a lot. I, I have friends that believe that. And I have friends that, you know, because I, I get into fights with my friends about technology sometimes, my spiritual friends, because yeah. there are a lot of people. It's funny. Um, this the, the relationship between the spiritual community and technology is an interesting one. Because there are a lot of people that believe just that. The internet is, it's a trap. <laughs> and the metaverse is a worse trap. And we're all being forced to, it's like, okay, the, the argument is we're, we're already, we're here, we're stuck in this matrix. We're stuck in this bad matrix. And the internet is, is one level of even deeper of getting stuck. And it's trapping our consciousness even more. Oh, wow. Some people think that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, 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 I don't think that's a good way of thinking because then what are you going to do? You're just going to be living in the woods by yourself, um, you know, starving and you know with no access to technology. Like, yeah, okay. I mean, I, I, I think that I, I think it's more like when our consciousness reaches a certain point, we unlock new levels, right? Mm -hmm. Like. You could say that the internet is um, taking away from your innate ability to, let's say, be telepathic with someone, but it's right there. It's sitting right there. Like there's this great parable in um, Buddhism that there's this man sitting at the bank of a river and he's been sitting there for 20 years and he's trying to le levitate across the river. And the Buddha walks by and he's like, well, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm meditating because I'm trying to um, learn how to levitate across the river. And the Buddha just laughs and he says, yeah, okay, but the ferry just costs a nickel. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, just yeah, take the ferry yeah. across. Like, it's right there. And I, exactly. and, and I don't think it is. I mean, I don't think it is artificial. I think, I think it's just, it's consciousness. And I think that all all intelligence is intelligence and you know it, it's it's is it outside of us i mean it, people say we're all connected right well what if we're all connected and we're also connected to a vast amount of intelligence that's woven into the fabric of the universe and we can use technology to create you know even more real connections between us so that's my perspective. I could be wrong. 
but then you see another group of spiritual people that are fully embracing technology, the crypto people, the NFT people, mm-hmm. right? Um, I've ever, uh, I know a guy here in Austin who just released a book called Unapologetic Freedom, and it's about Bitcoin and how Bitcoin can save the world. So I would rather believe that we can use technology as a tool to benefit and save humanity. And I think cryptocurrencies and things like that, we can use those um, to serve humanity and to, and, and to become more self-reliant. So I, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not an expert and I don't claim to be right about anything, but I am definitely on the side of let's use this, these tools and technologies to help, um, to help serve us and to help serve humanity and to make this a more decentralized world. Yeah. Well, it's like those things are created through our own consciousness. It's like, we're doing it. We're allowing it to be. And something, James, I always, I'll forget, but then I, I, I will always do my best to pull myself back to the idea of end, not or. Yeah. Like, it's spirituality and technology. It's totally. not right. It's not one or the other. It's not one's good and one's bad. It's not that, you know, technology is always good. You know, there is some bad to that. It's, it's the end. It's, it's not one or the other. And I, I, I think so many times, and that's why I say like, I do forget it. I think we, we all collectively forget it so many times that it is the end. It's not, it's not, or, and like, I don't know if we're like, we're hardwired to think that way where it's like, it's gotta be this one or the other one, you know, this, this or that instead of being like, it's really everything actually. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's moving beyond binary thinking. Yeah. Yes. And is just so much more powerful than no, but you know, (laughs) it it creates bridges instead of, you know, dead ends. Uh, Yes. So I think, yeah, I think that, yeah, no, no one wants to stare at their screen all day. Like this is not a health, like this is not a healthy way to interact, you know, staring at your phone screen all day. But, you know, I think we're still in a little bit of the clunky stages of technological development. So in other words, we'll eventually move beyond the need to like stare at this little screen and there'll be some, just, just, just a, a more seamless integration. And I think that, um, I think we're all technology. I think DNA is technology, right? It's Uh, it's just, it's just just very, very, very good, advanced, pure, clean technology so you know yeah we're we're our phones are are really clunky compared to nature's technology right but we're um that's why we try to you know make it better and better so we can you know just improve and i think that's what we're here on earth to do we're all microcosm expressions of god and of source Mm. and the nature of source is to create and the nature of god is to create and that's our nature. We're here to let that life force of creation come through us. Mm. And we are, you know, all baby gods practicing the game of creation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're, that's just what we're in. And we're just trying to create life and we're trying to create uh, the world. And that's our nature as human beings. Yes. I mean, I love, we are creators and I love the sources is naturally authentically a creator and we are pieces we are source, right? So then it flows through us. We are the exact same. 
but like I, I love this technology. I like, I rarely, and like, thank you for opening my mind to this. I rarely will really go back and forth between uh, spirituality and technology. And this is kind of opening my mind to really understanding more how, see to me in this conversation, I'm not thinking them as more separate. I'm, I'm thinking them as more together, mm-hmm. which just feels better for me to think about that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and just even having the thought of like, of, um, you know, being telepathic with one another, it's like, it's, it's not technology or us being telepathic. It's, it's literally, it's again, it's, and it's both. It's the technology that is giving us the understanding of all of this information. And I think creating these sorts of conversations and opening us, us up more to the idea that we actually can communicate on our own in that way. But this is just technology is kind of giving us like the step up almost in order to, to do that. Yeah, I think so. And it grounds it in reality too. So like you can get caught up in your own delusions if you're left to your own devices, right? Like yeah. you can think you're communicating telepathically with the president, you know, or with this like girl that you love or like whatever, you know, and where, how do you delineate fantasy from truth? You know, if you're just caught up in your own imagination. So, you know, it helps to ground in some semblance of reality. So in a way, technology or the internet or social media, it's, it's like a bridge, I think, yeah, yeah. to um, between more, more pure te- um, telepathy where you can truly know that you're communicating with somebody and, you know, just the old, um, you know, analog um, to people talking. So I, I, I think it is a bridge and, 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 and we're just, we're just getting started on walking down that bridge. Yes. And I, I, I totally agree too. And I feel like it's just, it's very much like a balance. Like everything is, is a balance and, and in the balance mentality, it is the end instead of the, or, so it's like, is it good for you, for your soul, for your vibration to be glued to your phone every single day and to abuse technology? Probably not. Right. But it's a balance of it where it can serve us really, really well and do some really good for us. Yeah. And you need, you know, you can adapt. Like I'm an artist and I use my phone to make art Yeah, and to be inspired. Like if I'm on Instagram, like I'm looking for source material and, um, you know, meme ideas and I'm using it to fuel my creativity. Right. And I'm using my phone to make art. So it's like, what's your relationship with it? If, if you're just a blind consumer, like there's a lot of artists that like, Oh, social media is killing art because my paintings are getting less attention on the algorithm. It's like, well, maybe you should make some art that's more relevant to the world we live in. No offense to any like art. Like I love all art. And I think I wish I could be a painter. You know, I definitely tried when I was younger. Um, but I, I happen to have found my groove making art on with technology mm-hmm. on my phone, sharing it on, on Instagram. And that ha- has enabled me to have a more rewarding experience with the internet and with social media because I'm using it to share my art, to interact with the consumers of my art and to be inspired by other creators. Mm-hmm. So again, it's a transition where you know, I, th- I think there's a whole um, category of, you know, internet art that is being made right now. And yeah. we, we call them memes, you know, we call them reels and stuff, but I think done well, I think this is true art. 
So I'm excited. I'm excited to see like what the history books write about this era in art, yeah, yeah. like the art, like the era of memes or the era of internet art, like who knows what it's going to be called yet. But I definitely think that, you know, we're carving out our own artistic niche and the internet and social media are central because that's the, that's the new town square, right? That's yeah. the, the tools and technology of our time. So it's only natural to use the common tools and technology yeah. of our time to, to make and share and consume art. So it's all connected. I think memes are such a beautifully unique way for people to express themselves. And on the flip side of it, an awesome way for someone to understand the depth of somebody else in a totally new, brand new way that we never could understand before. Which yeah. is cool. Yeah. It's a new, it's a new form of communication. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah. it's not new because the idea of memes have been around for a long time in terms of just being a, like a viral idea that spreads, but with social media. And now we have this, you know, a format that's known as the internet meme where you can essentially you're, you're, you're coding this little image with some, some whole perspective or some whole, uh, you know, point of view or belief. And then you're making that belief accessible through like a very simple yeah. image text combo. It's almost like a haiku where you only have a few words to play around with and one image, and then you can, you know, communicate a whole life perspective yeah, with this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, there's something that cuts through the clutter of communication where I could stand up on a soapbox and give a lecture and people might listen, they might fall asleep, or I could cut through that clutter and through that, those intellectual objections people might have to new ideas. And you can deliver it in a way that cuts right through. Yeah. So it, 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 it is a, a new way to communicate and to, and to get ideas across. Yes. Awesome. Wow. And James, I want to, so, you know, I love, I love the name of the, the IG words or vibrations. Mm -hmm. Where is your thought on thought in our thinking and in our thoughts? Um, are thoughts also vibrations? Uh, do they play a, a more important role in manifesting than our words? Are they equally as important? Um, yeah, well, I mean, we live in a world of varying degrees of density and everything, everything is vibration. Yeah. Everything, even matter, mm -hmm. right? M matter is at a very kind of dense vibration where thoughts are just like, they're, they're just pure vibration. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's all a matter of density. And it's funny that it's, it's almost like an assembly line of creation where things come from the lowest density vibration, like a thought mm -hmm. or a dream, right. Or a vision or just a whiff of an idea that comes through, right. That's, that's a very low density vibration. Once you speak that into reality, your words take on a more, that's the vibration of sound yeah. and that you can hear, you can record it, right? Mm -hmm. It's, you can read it. So that's like a, a, a bit of a higher 
density because it, 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 it it's, it's, it's formulated into sound or words, right? Mm -hmm. And then you need that before you can get to the next level, which is actually true manifestation into the physical world, right? So it's all a process of making, of manifestation, of yeah. making the invisible real, mm -hmm. right? So unless you've got that word, the words in between, you can't go from thoughts to a table. Yeah, yeah, right. Someone needs to say, let's make a table. Yeah. And let's make it look like this. And then there's the design of it, which is another layer, you know, and then mm -hmm. the, the, you know, the engineering of it, which is another layer, right? So it's all vibration, but words are kind of the, um, the initial thrust that births that invisible world of ideas and thought vibration yeah. into the material world. So that's kind of like my role. Like I'm not a builder per se. I can't build you a table. I can't build you a new earth, right? I'm not a farmer, right? But I'm a writer and I can like, I can present that vision as best as I can through language and through yeah. art, right? So then that kind of passes the baton from pure thought into like the, the planners and the builders. So we all have a role to play, right? Mm -hmm. And um, words just happen to be my particular role in the creation of this <laughs> process that we're going through. I love that. It, it takes it from the invisible, infinite creating world that we can't see where everything manifests and everything comes from. You're right. And it helps us bring it into this reality through the vibration of sound, which then is that next step. I love the conveyor belt thing. It's like, it's the next step in having it manifest and be created in this 3d world that we live in. hundred percent. I've, yeah. I've never even thought about it in those terms before. So thanks for bringing that out. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that came out. That was great. Um, and the reason why, honestly, I was, I really thought to ask that question is I've been, um, I've been on like an Abraham Hicks, um, thing lately, like a lot. Yeah. I've known about Abraham for a few years now, but just like really recently, it's really speaking to me, uh, even more than it did before. And, um, in one of the books I'm listening to right now, it has to do with like manifesting and things like that. And, uh, she, uh, she talks about, like when we, when we want to manifest, our words are important, of course, but she talks a lot about it's our feeling, right? Because I can say out loud, I'm abundant, but the universe source responds to my vibration and my feeling in that moment. I have to believe and literally feel that I am abundant. I can say I'm abundant, I'm abundant, but if I feel lack, well, then I'm just going to keep receiving lack from the universe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. I, I, I think that emotions are stronger than thoughts. Mm. And you can use the thing is you can, you can use words to trigger emotions too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like words aren't necessarily a pure expression of logic and intellect, you know, words can express that emotion, but I, I definitely agree with that sentiment that, you know, feeling is an attract is an attractor. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah. that's why I think gratitude is the most important emotion because when you feel grateful for something that you don't have on some level, you're calling it in Yeah, because you already have it. You're grateful. You feel like you've had it. So yeah, I love that. I, I definitely think it's, um, 
it's not enough to to use your your brain and to and to think things you want to feel it and kind of mm. become like i kind of that that honestly like my writing is often fueled more from my feeling than it is from my thoughts i often just yes try to make myself like an open vessel yeah and open up my just open up my body to see what wants to come through and i kind of feel my way through it to see what comes through rather than like relying on my thoughts like what i say is i'm trying to receive something i'm not trying to solve something yes right so yeah that 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 energetic you know body role in that creative process for me is essential i love that it's like you're right you're responding to um a feeling as opposed to having your ego or logical brain pop in and be like no no no, i don't know try that do this you know what i mean just going with yeah yep that's what i do and that's what so they both have a role but when you're trying to start something you're trying to get inspired that's not the role of the ego. So what I do is just try to get out of my own way, get out of my own head. And my ego knows like, this isn't, you're you're not up to bat yet, right? Like (laughs) step aside, like this is not your time to shine. That's, this is time for intuition. This is a time for channeling. This is a time for feeling. Once an idea comes through. And then once I kind of have it, have an initial draft of an idea, then I can bring in my ego to help me edit it and to kind of like make sense of it. So that's what's the thing. It's not, again, it's not one or the other. Mm. It's, it's telling your ego, not now you'll get your chance to contribute in a little, in a little while. And then it can kind of come in at, at the proper time to help, you know, finish Mm -hmm. and edit and perfect. James, that is, I think, so important and so beautiful what you just talked about and what you do in order to feel and, and come up with the content uh, that you that you produce. I'm interested myself. I think a lot of people listening are going to be interested as well. What does that process look like for you? What are you doing in that moment to remove ego, to remove thought, and to just feel? Well, I couldn't do it if I haven't hadn't been meditating for like the past 10 years. Right. Yep. So like, I think you need to prepare the soil of your consciousness to be a receiver. And for me, that's years of meditation, years of yoga, years of just like learning. I mean, I I had to write a whole book about the ego just so I could, you know, like wrestle with it. So it, 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 it's, it's, um, it's a process, but now it's just like, It's just, um, I get into my creative process similar to meditation. Yeah. I, I call it um, listening to the space between my thoughts. So you're just trying to get out of your own way. And now my yeah. ego knows though, my ego, now my ego knows, cause like, look, we have an ego. My ego wants to make good art, right? <laughs> so my ego knows that I'll make better art if I, if I don't get my own way. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's just like, I'm just going to tune in and I'm going to listen to what, what is trying to come through. Mm. And I'm just going to like, see how I feel Mm. and just see what is, 
what the universe is trying to tell me, you know, yeah. what, what ideas are being whispered into my ear and just, um, just try to try to receive that. And that's, I know that that's going to create better outcomes than me, yes. like trying to solve some puzzle that doesn't exist. Right. Exactly. Sometimes when I'll, I'll be creating uh, content, um, not reposted content, but my own things for the page, I will sit there and I'll think I'm like, okay, what do people need to hear? Like, what can I do right now? What can I talk about? And I'll sit there and like, nothing is coming because I don't shut up. It's me. How, there, there can't be really room for an idea to come in if I'm kind of just stressed out thinking. And then I'll realize that's happening. I'll take a step back and I'll meditate and I'll just be, I'll quiet my mind and I'll just be, and I'll be open to receive. And I'll kind of have like little mantras. It's like, like, what, like, what are people craving right now? Like what, what do people need in this moment? It's not like what I want to give them. It's what, it, what is the consciousness? What, what does it need yeah. right now? I love know? that. I love that. I, yeah. I, same for me. I definitely like try to, you, you try to tune into the collective mood, Yeah. the collective consciousness. And I'm not, it, it, I, I might be like, well, what, what lessons am I learning right now? Yeah. Yeah. And that also resonates because I think we're all, we all are learning similar things. I think that there is a collective consciousness that we're all tapped into. So I might be learning a lesson one way and then there you are and you're learning that same lesson in your own way. So when you look at your own experiences and your own lessons, you might think that's unique to you, but I guarantee you it's going to apply to other people. That's why like the more personal and vulnerable you can get, the more you're going to the more other people will relate to you, even though you've got your own journey and your own stories, the fact that you are going deep into yourself and being honest about what, what, about what, what you find, they mm-hmm. might not relate to the details, but they're going to relate to that process. So the, just the deeper you can go and the more you can tune into your own lessons yeah. and journey, like people will relate to that there's such connection in that, right? When we're just totally open and vulnerable with how we're feeling, there's so many other people. There's billions of people on the planet. You're going to connect with other people and to hit their accord and be like, wow, I'm experiencing like the same thing right now. And that really connected and touched with me. And that does have to do with tapping into the collective consciousness of the planet as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And James, I want to ask you, buddy, when we talked about the new earth before, um, how, how can we each, how can we get on board? You know, what, what do you feel like is because, right. I think we agree that it all starts within us, right. In order to create a different reality around us, we have to change who we are on the inside. So what do you feel like is one of the most important steps that an individual, anyone listening right now can do in order to help shift us into that sort of a consciousness? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, it, it takes courage to change, you know, and, 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 and we, we often don't change until we have to, that's what rock, that's what rock bottom is, right? Like, Uh, like you might, you might be a bad uh, partner without knowing it to your, you know, significant other, and you don't, you won't realize it or you won't change until they leave you. Right. So, you know, you, if you want to wait till rock bottom to change, some people need that. Yeah. 
you know, is there, that's fine. You're going to learn some pretty valuable lessons along the way, but I just think it's so important for people not to be afraid of changing yeah, and to give themselves permission to become somebody new. There's this great quote by Alan Watts. He says, you are under no obligation to be the same person you were five minutes ago. And I love that because like, mm-hmm. as an artist, like I try to approach every day, like a blank slate, you know, like leave your old patterns and conceptions at the doorstep every day. Mm-hmm. That's not easy, but like, that's a personal goal. Right. Mm-hmm. So like you need to be willing to let go of the person you, you used to be and the attachments that you used to have and the, um, the selfish desires you used to have and the fears you used to have, like, you've got to be willing to go on that journey and into uncertainty yeah. to change. You need to let go of the small known in exchange for the greater unknown and let yourself kind of be baptized in that fire of change. And it's not always easy, but it's necessary. Right. Mm-hmm. And you need to, you need to like address your wounds. You need to address your traumas. You need to get past them and heal yourself too, because you can't heal others until you've healed yourself. So just like, well, yes, I'm saying like have courage to change and like let go of your old self. Well, also give yourself the love that you need. Yeah. <laughs> you know, make sure that yeah. you are really supported that you're supporting yourself. You have, you have to support yourself and give yourself the love that you need before others can. And before you can give others that love. Right. Mm -hmm. So just, it's almost cliche at this point, but self-love and supporting yourself and be in and and letting yourself just kind of um, exist without all of these external pressures. Um, Cause that when you heal yourself, you're, you're, you're taking out that much more trauma out of the world. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't fix other people or heal other people until you've healed yourself. So that's, that's step one. Uh, That was, that was great, man. I think it is so important for us to, to heal. Like you just said, in order to heal others, self-love is one of the most, I think, important aspects, thoughts, feelings, ways that we should live every single day. Um, because right, we, we can't give something that we don't have. It's very, very mm-hmm. difficult to give love if I don't feel love for myself right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, speaking from experience, practicing self-love, um, practicing just love every day, it flows out of me easily now. You know what I mean? It, and, and before and earlier in life, when I used to have a crazy temper and I used to be angry a lot of the time, that I was like restricted. You know what I mean? It didn't really flow. Um, and now I just, from experience, I always want to share anything that's ever worked for me. Um, and just coming from a place where you can just look at yourself, not judge yourself, understand what you did yesterday is okay. It's not the end of the world. 
it's over. It doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, and just being easy on ourselves. And that's something I, I remind myself every single day because I will beat myself up in, in moments of just being like, ah, I could have been better. Mm. I could have handled that situation better. I could have been in a higher mm. consciousness, mm -hmm. right? But just being like, it's it's okay. That's the thing. That's And that's why I said every day is a blank slate. Yeah. Like, forgive yourself. Yeah. Your kid, I mean, there's no, there's no do-overs. That's okay. You know, every, every day it's, it's always now. Yeah. Yes. Those failures, those mistakes don't exist. Just like, uh -huh. let them go. Yeah. Like forgive yourself. It's okay. Every, there, there are no mistakes. And I, I love that. Like, I love, I love music so much and um, I love jazz music and, and Miles Davis. And it's like, when you're a jazz band, you just keep going. Every second is a new Im improvisation. Mm. And, and Miles Davis said, do not fear mistakes. There are none. Right. Because what that, that mistake is just one step that leads you to the next step that leads you to the next step. If you're a jazz band, you can't get hung up on that note. You can't stop and do over the note. You need to make that note work in the context of the song. Yeah. And like you can turn a bad note into a good note, depending on the note you play next. So it's like, don't just let it go. Like, keep it moving. Just like every day is new. Mm. So just like forgive yourself for any perceived mistakes. They're not mistakes. They're just another lesson on the journey. Thank you for that. Of course. And and so James, I want to ask you the, the question um, that I ask at the end. I ask every single guest um, and I'll just preface it. My goal in life and spread love movement and who I am is to help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be an aid in it, right? Obviously I can't do that alone. It's not even possible, but to be an aid uh, in shifting it to the new earth, literally to a place that's more loving, more kind, vulnerable, empathetic, uh, accepting and loving of each other. One that's judgment-free, one where there's abundance of self-love. Um, so I love this, man, because every time I get to the end and I ask this question, the guest has like spoken about it the entire time. And every guest I have on here is doing this, but it's just really cool to, to hear them put it in their own words. But James, how do you feel like every single day you are eating to this shift in consciousness? Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I've kind of fallen into my role as a custodian of creativity and art. You know, all, my heroes have always been artists and writers and poets and musicians, right? And I've studied them my whole life. And now it's like, oh, okay, I need to pass on this knowledge. So I've really accepted my role as a teacher. I teach classes on creativity. Um, I do creative coaching. You know, even I surround myself, like all around me, these are like creative artifacts. Like I collect uh, rare books and, um, you know, first, first editions and, 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 and signed, um, you know, autographed, um, stuff from different artists, you know, cause I'm trying to preserve it. And, 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 and I think creativity is so 
important. And I think in the future, it's going to be even more important because, you know, if you're not following old systems, you know, I think it's, it's requiring us to be our own center of gravity and to initiate our own ideas and concepts. And that requires us all to be creative. So I'm doing my best just to learn from all the artists that I've learned from mm. in my life and to make that wisdom relevant to the people that are coming next. So I'm just trying to learn as much as I can about art and creativity and what that is and preserve it and to teach it as best I can. So that knowledge gets passed on. Amazing, man. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, it's always so special to hear, um, you know, the guests just interpret it and put it into their own words, how they are creating this shift. And I appreciate you so much, man. You are undoubtedly helping uh, in this shift, your post, your words, you're allowing source to flow through you. And it's so transparent. Uh, and I just want to give you so much love, man, for, for being who you are and, and allowing that to come through. Thank you, my man. I really appreciate that. And uh, this was a really fun interview. I have a, I, I had a great time. I, uh, I was so just really um, thrilled to, to ask questions, uh, to tap into your knowledge a little bit more. So thank you for allowing uh, that space here uh, to do that. Um, and then James, before we cut out, buddy, if you can, I know you have a book too that is out. If you can tell people about the book where they can get that, um, your Instagram handle again, uh, if you have a site, anything that you want to share so people can tap uh, more into the work that you're doing. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, I've got, a, a couple books. Um, my first book is called shit. Your ego says, <laughs> and, um, and my new book is a book of poetry and memes called how to laugh and ironic amusement during your existential crisis. So you can find those online, but like, if you go to the link in my bio on Instagram, words are vibrations, you can see my books, you can see my podcast. Uh, you can join my creative community and um, you can get all my links there on Instagram. Cool. And everybody that will be um, down at the bottom of the podcast. So th that link will be there. Uh, so definitely check that out. Ah, James, man, thank you again uh, for just sharing your life, buddy. Um, this was a really um, beautiful and I think very needed conversation. Um, you know, I think just mm -hmm. um, sharing, you know, your teachings is just, it's crucial uh, to creating the shift uh, that we want to. So I am so grateful and, and honored uh, that you took some time to share, share yourself here. So thank the you. The pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much for having me. And it was, it was great to meet you. Yes, you too, buddy. Everybody, thank you for being here with us. I hope this opened your mind, just shifted your perspective, uh, helped you rethink things in maybe a different way. You know, the unknown, rethinking, changing, shifting, these are all really great things uh, that I think is important for us to grasp on more to as opposed to being afraid uh, of them. You know, fear kind of stops us dead in our tracks uh, where the other side of it just opens us up totally and the unknown is a beautiful, infinite space where anything can be created. Love you all so much. Thank you again, James. We'll see everybody next time.